welcome to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines, changing the conversation around divorce. This show is sponsored by Penguin in the Room. Penguin in the Room is an award-winning arts, marketing and social media management company. If you want to jazz up your socials and have someone Instagram and tweet for you, then here's your answer. Go to www.penguinintheroom.com. As always, hit subscribe to make sure you're updated about new episodes. And we love to hear from you on social media at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. You can also email us all the infos on our website, thedivorcesocial.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I am joined by Michaela Sharp, interior designer and upholsterer, and you may have seen her on Interior Design Masters. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? I'm very good. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. You are getting divorced. I am getting divorced. You are part of the divorce social. How does that feel? It feels really strange, actually. It's not something I expected this year to bring with it. I know a lot of people that do your podcast are already divorced, but I am still in the mix. So, yeah, it's quite a strange feeling, but also quite liberating. Well, regular listeners will know that I started the podcast when I thought I'd be divorced in a minute. And then it took like four series for me to actually get divorced. It takes a while. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's exactly what I kind of thought. And I remember you saying that when I listened to the podcast right at the beginning of my divorce journey. And you were like, yeah, I started the podcast and I thought I'd just be divorced straight away. And then actually it took ages. And I was like, oh, okay, noted. It's going to take a while. (laughs) That was like the first bit of real information I had, I think. When I heard you say that, I thought, oh, I thought I'd be divorced in a couple of weeks, but fair enough. So how far in are you? Yeah, seven months. I filed um, quite quickly after chatting to my ex and finding out there was some infidelity. So yeah, we're seven months in and I'm kind of selling my flat and moving. Um, And once I've done that, everything will be finalised. So hopefully I sell that quite quickly. So I'm quite looking forward to just getting it over with. You know, this period feels a bit of a a drag having to say, like, I'm getting divorced. We're not quite divorced yet, but you've kind of made up your mind that that is 100% what you want. So now I just want it done. 
I felt like I was in a weird like limbo of like, I can't start my new life until I get that piece of paper. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same, that kind of limbo feeling. And also you feel, I'm a very open, honest person. So I feel like I have to declare it to people. I don't know why, but if I was already divorced, you don't have to say, just so you know, I was once married, but I'm not married anymore. But when you're still technically married, you feel like you have to declare it to people constantly. So yeah, I do feel like I'm talking about it a lot. But yeah, it was a bit of a bolt out of the blue. And now I'm like, oh God, I just want it done. I just want to not have to say to people, you know, when I go on dates and things, not have to say, just so you know, technically I am married, you know, but I'm getting divorced, but it's not gone through yet. Like, because I feel like you have to say that, you, you know, I can't withhold that kind of information. So yeah, I'm just looking forward to not having to mention that anymore. It, it's funny you say that because I remember that feeling, but now being on the other side and being divorced, I have to tell you, I still feel like I have to break my divorce to people. So like on dates, you're like, when do I just throw into the conversation that once I was married and now I'm divorced? Uh, just cash. <laughs> and they all like, it's always like, why die reaction? You're like, well, sorry. <laughs> I've lived a life before you. What can I say? <laughs> yeah. Let's go back a little bit to the beginning because you said earlier, I had a chat with my ex and there was infidelity. So we broke up very casually. Was it a nice chat? You know, how long did that kind of catalyst moment go on for or was it immediate? Do you know what? It was brief. It was really quite brief. Um, and to be completely honest, it hadn't come from him. So the person he'd been cheating on me with had actually messaged me and told me all the details and he was in bed next to wow. me. So I turned to him and said, oh, I've received these text messages. And he confirmed, yes, that did happen. And we kind of spoke about it for something like half an hour and I was really tired and it kind of made sense because our relationship had not been good for a while and he'd been telling me he was depressed and and so I'd been kind of giving him a lot of space and trying to be really supportive but being very very confused as to why he wasn't leaning on me more and why we weren't connecting and talking and I don't know it just was a very isolating time for me so then to receive these text messages I thought ah okay, the penny has dropped. I finally get it. The thought had never really even occurred to me that he was cheating on me. You know, I just thought, oh my God, I want to be the best support for, you know, this man who I've married, who is my best friend, who I want the best for, who tells me he's going through a really difficult time. I never thought like, hmm, is he being really sneaky? And is this a lie? And, you know, is he being really deceitful? That literally was not on my radar. So I read the message and it was just this kind of exhale of, oh right I'm I've been actually quite naive and when he confirmed it I just thought okay I can't I can't stay with you because it wasn't so much for me the act of cheating on me it was how he had treated me in that time frame you know I I suddenly had a date that was 14 months before the text message came through and I you know we'd been in lockdown and stuff and we'd been through so much in that time and I just kept thinking of all the little moments of him physically and emotionally pushing me away and me feeling really low and I thought god how could you have done that to me for 14 months consistently messaging her and sneaking off into the other room and all the excuses you gave me and all of the 
I don't know, the heartache really. I can't imagine what that must have been, getting that message and lying next to him in bed while you get it. And I mean, I've been cheated on in the past and I remember that feeling of like, one time I was cheated on from the list. (laughs) He left his Facebook logged in on the computer and I saw this message pop up and I, I felt like someone had punched me in the stomach. Do you remember physically what it felt like when you read those messages in that moment I just remember my heart going so fast but actually afterwards now I look back and I didn't have the reaction that I thought I would have had in theory if someone had said to me this is going to happen to you I would have thought I'd be in tears I'd be angry you know they'd be shouting I just shut down And that is not my personality type. Usually I'm like not confrontational, but I hold my own and I'm and I'm inquisitive. You know, I would have thought I would at least ask for the details, but I just shut down. And I just remember kind of being very quiet and listening. And he would kind of tell me something. Then I'd look back at my phone and I'd have a new message from her saying there's actually this level and there's this extra detail and there's this thing. And then he would say, yeah, that's true. And so I wasn't really getting the details from him. I was still receiving them from her and that was not lost on me. So I thought even in this moment, you're not being forthcoming and telling me everything. I'm still having to rely on this woman who I've never met to tell me the details of what actually happened. Yeah, that just made me think, okay, there's a real lack of respect here. You know, even in this moment, you're not like, right, let me tell you everything and give you all the facts so that we can talk about this. It was like he was still trying to kind of mitigate it and take things out and play it down. And yeah, I just I just got so tired very quickly. And because we were already in bed, it was like midnight or whatever. And I just remember saying, OK, I'm, I'm going to go to sleep now, like half an hour in. And, you know, he could not believe it. He was like, no, we need to talk. We've got so much to talk about. And I said, no. I've actually heard all I need to hear. I just need to go to sleep. And I did sleep, which is mad now to think of it. I just rolled over and went to sleep and he went and slept on the sofa. And in the morning, I kind of woke up and I knew that was it. Like, regardless of all the extra details to come out, I don't really need the details of what happened with her because I know the details of what happened with me. I was there for that. And I was there for, you know, all of the mistreatment. So I was like, right, okay. Like... There's no excuses now. You can't tell me that you're feeling really sad and you just need some space when I know actually you just wanted to hang out with her and talk to her and be around her and it was it was me that you didn't want to be with. So, yeah, I, in the morning I woke up and I was like, that's it. I want you to leave and I want to get a divorce. And I've been unwavering in that and that has been the only kind of thing I think that has got me through is that I've never once thought, oh, I want to be with that man again. Which sounds really harsh, but I just don't know. <laughs> like, it's good. That, Make it? a decision and stick with it. I mean, it's interesting because I remember making that split decision like you did of like, I mean, obviously my circumstances were different, but I was like, I think we should break up. And then I was like, we definitely should. And I think for the first few months, I was, you know, still like, yes. But then I, I think I did have moments where I, you know, when I was sad and or, or I felt particularly lonely where I was like, I could just go back. Maybe it wasn't 
that bad? Like maybe. And then I always made the decision again that no, I did want to break up. So you never have those wavering moments. Um, I definitely have a lot of moments of loneliness and sadness, but no, I don't think I would want to see him again every day because there was something about that last year where he was consistently putting his needs first right and I was letting him and I was and I thought that was a healthy relationship when one of you is going through a bad time the other one completely you know supports the person who's having a bad time and that meant that none of my needs were being considered at all and so when he left there was this like freedom in my spirit which is really hard to explain but just being able to like feel what I wanted to feel without having to constantly think you know how's he doing today what can I do for him like is he happy or is he sad and how should I mirror that and support that I was just like oh today I'm annoyed you know the next day I might be feeling really sad and lonely but it's my journey and I don't have to pander to anybody else so I know I never thought Oh, I want maybe, maybe in my sad and lonely day, I want him back here because I thought, oh, he's going to be more sad. <laughs> he's going to be, and I'm going to have to support him. And I thought, no, I've done that enough. I'm out. But yeah, no, it is hard. It's not like, you know, God, I'm so strong. And every day I just think I'm good on my own, but I'm better on my own than with him specifically. <laughs> I can so relate to that feeling of freedom as well of like, I only have to worry about me now. I can just, you know, if I if I want a sushi yeah. takeaway, I can get it and I don't have to discuss what food totally. he wants. Like even stupid stuff like that. I still really enjoy getting the food I love. Sometimes when I order like a takeaway and I'm like, he would never let me order this takeaway because he didn't like it or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still now like, yeah. I'm getting it. I'm getting double sushi today and no one's <laughs> going to stop me. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's there's so many little mini wins like that um, that do kind of help sometimes. Just make you laugh and bring a smile to your face and think, oh, I wouldn't have been able to do this before, but I'm going to do it and I'm going to enjoy it. I actually really love living on my own and I didn't think I would. You know, all those little choices of if I put something there, it stays there. And no one's saying, oh, can you move that? Or moving stuff around or constantly asking me where things are. Or, you know, it's just like everything is mine and everything is where it should be. I don't know. I just find a joy sometimes in like in the things, <laughs> which is bad, materialistic. But I just like to have my space and everything is how I want it. Well, you are an interior designer. Yes. So... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So that makes sense. It does that make you sense. Like yeah. And, and I always had to kind of downplay that a lot as well, because when you live with somebody, even if you are the interior designer of the two, you have to make allowances for the other person's style. So, and our styles were not the same. I'm quite traditional. I love pattern and color. And my ex was like a lot more minimal Scandi, which is not my vibe really. So now he's got to go off and build a new home that's perfectly his style. And I get to kind of eke out all of the bits that before I had to kind of mute. So yeah, but it's great. Now my friends come over, they're like, oh my God, it's such a nice vibe in here. I'm like, yes, because it's all me. <laughs> well, I definitely, I've been really excited to talk to you about <laughs> getting divorced as an interior designer because when I got divorced and still now like 
I'm in the house that we were in together, but he only lived here for like seven months or something. And I've completely restyled it and made it my own and like, and made it really colorful and painted the kitchen pink and all of those things. And I'm still going and I'm like thinking, oh, I could get an extension and I'm like creating it into my own space. And I feel like as an interior designer, like, that must have been ramped up to the max. <laughs> yeah, it was. But also I think, so my ex and I had been in our flat for, well, six years now. But when I started filming for Interior Design Masters, there's a half day filming in your house. So I went nuts then and was like, oh my God, I have to redecorate everything. You know, so every wall was painted, all the, every piece of upholstery was redone and the flat totally changed. And in that time, he kind of gave me free reign and was like, well, they're coming to film you. It's about your style. So, you know, if you want to change stuff, if you want to be more colourful and add more pattern, feel free. But he didn't like it and he wasn't really supportive. He would never say, yeah, that looks great. He'd be like, "Ugh, I don't really like that. You know, and it was like in the back of my mind, okay, after filming, we're probably going to have to change it again or put some stuff back the way it was or whatever. Like he, and he didn't help me do any of it. You know, he'd just watch me paint the room or like be in the other room while I was doing stuff. Like there was, it was just, oh, if you want to do it, you do it. So yeah, after the filming and after he'd left, I was like, oh, actually I can, I can still push forward. You know, I, I don't have to stop. I don't have to rein it in. And yeah, I did start to do to do more but now I have to move again but that is kind of sad because you know this is my home and I don't have a family home anymore um but it's also very exciting to think I can start afresh somewhere else and I can totally imagine it how I want it to be from the get-go and I think it's hard because I've lived in this flat for six years and I've had so many ideas that kind of got poo-pooed it's hard to know what I, I want to do anymore. But when I move, I'm very excited to just have a blank canvas and do all of the things I've dreamed up. I love that. My Pinterest boards are like infinite. <laughs> well, I love following you on Instagram because you share little kind of like cool interior kind of furnishings or whatever that you found. And I'm just thinking if anyone's listening and they're in that place where they've just moved into a new flat on their own or they're still in the house but their ex has moved out and they want to make it their own. Do you think, are there any sort of little tips of like quick or cheap things um, that you can do to kind of transform a space quite quickly? I love artwork and I think it can really transform a space and not necessarily just the artwork itself, but how you, how you mount it, how you frame it. Um, so even if you can't really, if you're in somewhere rented or whatever and you can't paint the walls and you don't want to put the wallpaper you want up because you have to leave it there when you move, I would say just invest in good pieces of art. And you can find some really amazing independent artists who have really affordable original pieces. And I would always encourage people to try and do that rather than find prints because an original piece just has that kind of texture that a print doesn't always give you you know, in a pastel or a, you know, or acrylic or whatever it is, and maybe have a colourful frame or a colourful mount. And then that can really bring a lot of like life and joy into a space. I love that. That's so practical. Or I guess you could like frame your, like if your kids have made some art or even make your own art, like just like fuck him. Totally. And then <laughs> a written on a <laughs> A4 piece of paper and then frame it. You know, when for when you're going through, I went through an angry stage and I 
I feel like that would have made me really happy during my angry stage. Yeah. And it's something fun to look back at, isn't it? When you're like not in your angry face anymore, but you frame that piece of art on the wall that's just like you flicking paint at the canvas and writing like obscene words in it. Like, yeah, that's how I felt that day. And now it kind of brings me a bit of joy. So what have you discovered, do you think, from living on your own? I got a hanging chair hammock for the garden. And it is like literally my new alone time. And I just sit in the garden like with a cup of tea and just like stare at stuff and swing. And it makes me ridiculously happy. Um, So that's some joy that I've got recently from living alone. Yeah. And you know what's interesting about you saying that? I think there is, for me, the difference in having time on your own when someone else is around, it needs to feel more purpose. It needed to feel to me more purposeful. So I wouldn't necessarily have gone and sat in a in a chair with a cup of tea and just swung for half an hour. I would have felt like I needed to say, oh, I'm reading a book, or I'm reading a magazine or, you know, I'm texting somebody or like you need to feel like you're doing something. Otherwise, your partner's a bit like, what are they doing over there? Like, that's how I felt. Um, whereas now mm. I just really find a lot of joy and just not really doing anything (laughs) just being at home like pottering around and just sitting and looking out the window or being in the garden or just watching my dog for a little bit like it has been really different it's been fun I love not all the time no not all the time (laughs) but most of the time talking about it not being fun all the time I always ask people if they remember like their lowest moment yeah I do and you're only seven months in so you might have some more I I had a really low moment like a year and a half in maybe two years so look forward to that but (laughs) so far um so far do you remember like a difficult time yeah I do there was a, a moment a day a half day when um I think I was about a month in to finding out and him he moved out you know the next morning and I found out more details and by that point I thought I knew everything and I found out really what I considered quite disgusting details I didn't really want to know but they came to me and I thought oh I can't believe a month in I'm still finding out things and he said in that time we were still talking not all the time but he had plenty of opportunities to tell me anything that I still needed to know and he didn't take that opportunity and I just remember smashing this glass I was drinking a glass of water smashing it across the floor of my flat and I had not had that like real angry want to break something moment yet and I smashed this glass and then my dog sat up from her bed and looked at me and I burst into tears because I realized I immediately had to clean up the glass because of my poor dog so I went and picked her up put her in the other room shut the door and then immediately swept up the floor hoovered you know and I thought how how shit that I can't even smash a glass and just like revel in it for a sec I have to be like oh no I have to do the responsible thing and that annoyed me as well because I thought he doesn't have to do that like he can you know I'm the one who kept the dog and I'm the one that has the responsibility of having to work some self-employed and all these things just like really got to me and I was like ah smashed the glass and then swept the floor immediately after (laughs) and then felt so sad about my life for the rest of the day that was quite low I had a similar moment recently so I am now I can never remember how long ago it what I'm so bad with dates but I think we've been broken up for three years and we've been officially divorced for maybe nearly a year I had a moment where when it was really hot 
recently. We had a heat wave. I had maggots in my bin. I feel like I need to do like a warning before I say the word maggots. I had maggots in my bin and I didn't know. In your outdoor bin or your indoor bin? My indoor bin. Oh no. I know. And it hadn't even been in there for that long. I think it's the cat food. And then if a fly gets in the cat food. Anyway, and then I put it in the bin. So I didn't know that there were maggots in the bin. And I opened it and I was like, oh, it's a bit stinky. I'm going to take it out. So I lit. This is honestly one of the worst things. I know we're talking about divorce and actually there are worse things that happened to me, sadness wise. But this is one of the like physically worst things that's ever happened to me. (laughs) This stands out. I took the, I lifted the bin liner out of the bin and something fell on my foot, my bare foot. And I was like, oh, what's that? Look down. A maggot had come out of the bin and fallen on my foot. And in that moment, and I haven't missed my ex for a long time. In that moment, I missed him because I was like, I want someone (laughs) else to do this now. Like I want to, obviously I had a massive freak out, dropped the bin, ran around the house going "Ah!" on my own. And my dog was like, oh, what are you doing? And in that moment, I just really missed my ex because if there was one thing he was good at, it was like practical, like take the bin out and pick up a maggot stuff. Taking the bins out. Um, (laughs) But honestly, like... So many people will be able to relate to that. If there was one thing he was good at, it was taking the bins out. (laughs) But it was was also like, I had that moment of like, no. And then I was like, I'm on my own now. I have to be, because I know it sounds silly, but it was like a real, I feel like I thought in the first year of getting divorced that all the kind of big moments happened then. And even now I'm like, I I had a real moment of like, I live on my own. No one else is going to take this bin out and deal with the maggots. I have to do it. I have to do it. Yeah. And it has to be done now. It's not even one of those things where you can be like, oh, I'll come back to it. It's like, oh God, it's only me and I have to do it right now. Yeah. It was a real like sad, but also like when I dealt with the maggots, I felt so proud of myself. I don't need no man. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. 
Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And it's the ad break. So it's a perfect time to remind you to hit subscribe to be notified about more episodes. You can also leave us a lovely review because honestly, it makes a difference to the chart positions. And one time I was in the charts next to Michelle Obama and I was really thrilled about it. So it'd be nice to do that again. You can also join in the conversation on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at DivorcePod. We have a website thedivorcesocial.com and you can also join us for our like 90s style divorce chat room experience over on Patreon. So just go to patreon.com forward slash Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S and it starts at £2 a month and we all have lovely and awful and amazing chats. See you there. I'm really interested in interior design masters because... It sounds like that was happening at peak breakup time. It was really difficult. When I was filming the show, I still didn't know what had happened. So he had already cheated on me that by that time, but we were in that period of like low, but I couldn't understand why. So every time I had to leave, I was like really, really worried about him. But also when you have an experience like that, it's rare in life that you get to directly compare your your situation with nine other people and so every week I would turn up and they would say oh my husband helped me pack the, the van and he drove to Ikea to get this for me and then my kids all wrote me these notes and my mum wrote me these beautiful cards and so and so's just texted me and said you know good luck and stuff and I would think oh my god my husband literally doesn't give a fuck you know and I would sit there and I would think something's not right like he didn't want to help me load the van he moaned about the boxes being by the door and like he's not interested at all in this like he's just completely non-fussed you know and they would be like oh what about your partner I'd be like yeah he's really excited for me you know and I just thought wow I've not really ever had the chance to directly compare this before I just was so used to that that I thought nothing of it I just thought that's how he is that's what our relationship is like so yeah, I don't know. Doing that show actually gave me a lot of the strength I needed when I did find out to look back at times like that and think, oh, that's why. You know, there was a real clear, so many examples of the lack of interest on his part. Yeah, I don't know. And then when the show was airing on TV, that was when it was meant to be, you know, all of my hard work, all of those four months of slog and, you know, just backbreaking work had come to the crescendo and it was about to be my fun time to sit down every week and and watch this this massive journey that I'd been on and then that's when I found out that he'd um, been unfaithful so I had thousands of messages every week from like pretty much everyone I'd ever met in my life you know watching BBC Two and saying oh my god we're so proud of you like we're so we've seen you on BBC Two you're doing really well we're backing you to win and my mom saw you and she wanted me to say hi and auntie auntie Doreen sends a love and you know all of this stuff and having to reply to everyone and be like thanks so much but actually just being like desperately sad um and I didn't tell people for quite a while so I was on my own for a few weeks in the flat without with only like two or three people knowing what had happened. So yeah, it was a really difficult, difficult time. And obviously there were so many months between filming and it airing 
And I had this big hope of what that time was going to be like. You know, lockdown was starting to ease. Um, I was starting to get booked for jobs and, and other TV opportunities and things. And I suddenly then was just like in this complete chaotic, emotional, I don't know, tornado. And I just thought, oh, this is not what I thought. This isn't how it's, this was meant to be. It was meant to be so fun. And it just wasn't. And I think also because of the the timings, I had a few things lined up that were booked in. And you can't cancel when you're when you're not like super, super famous. So I had to just do the jobs. And now I look back at the the clips of those jobs and I can see like a sadness in my eyes. But I just had to muscle through and be like, okay, so I'm doing a upholstery tutorial today and I'm doing this thing and I'm doing a segment on this show. And it was just like, oh my God, am I am I gonna burst into tears live on TV or, you know, in this recording? Um, but luckily I managed to get through it all and that did make me realize, okay, I can just keep kind of forging my way and just keep pushing forward. But it was a very topsy-turvy time. Everybody around me telling me, this is the best time ever. We're so proud of you. You know, this is going to do amazing, amazing things. And then actually feeling like just a pile of shit. <laughs> I can really relate because I was working on Magic Mike Live when I was getting divorced. Oh, I love your stories. You were working on Magic Mike. <laughs> I wish I was doing that instead of doing interior design well, masters. Well, that's what everyone says, but you're like, obviously, it's similar to you, you know, you're getting lots of messages from people like, oh my God, how cool you're working with Channing Tatum and like, you're living your dream life. And then inside you're like, well, yeah, it's cool, but like, I'm really sad about getting divorced and like having to take over the mortgage and fill out loads of paperwork and meet with a solicitor and you know, like you on the telly, you looked amazing. And everyone was like, well done. And, you know, in the show and on Instagram, I looked amazing. And everyone was like, oh, cool. And it is, I I really struggled, I think, with, I felt like I was lying to people. Uh, I felt exactly the same Because I felt like... This is not real life. Right? Yeah. But then you're like, well, you don't want to kill their butt because they're really pleased for you and excited. And you don't want to be like, I'm actually having a terrible time <laughs> in my private life. But but I felt like I was being so fake for ages. Yeah, I, I can relate to that so, so much, Sam. Like, I think I'd never had to really think so much about social media before. And then because of the show, it was like, this is the time to, you know, build your following and build your community and really talk to the people who have watched the show and, and want to, chat to you and want to find out what it was like so I knew that was a time I had to capitalize on but I just had no interest you know I was like this is the hardest thing in the world to be posting pictures being like this is the best week ever like I'm so happy this episode went out and actually I was just like in bed in my pajamas crying you know and I was like sending out these posts and then having hundreds of comments like oh we love this one and you're like ugh you know, just like so devoid of any happiness, but having to like pep yourself up to reply to people and send posts out. That was really, really hard. And I felt like I was lying. Although, of course, social media is one big charade. Um, it's not really real life at all. But but we all kind of lose sight of that quite quickly, I think. And so I have actually shared on social media a few times honest posts about the fact that actually yes I am getting divorced and that did happen when the show was airing and you know it's not all ups there are some downs in in my life and in everybody's life and 
I think for me, it's really important to share that because I don't want to ever be one of the reasons why someone might look at social media and be like, oh, everyone else is having such a great time. You know, I know that feeling myself and it's horrible. So I'm very keen to kind of be honest and say there are some great times, but there are also some some shit times. And this is also a safe space to talk about the shit times if you want to. And when I did share the first post about getting divorced, so many amazing, mainly women, got in touch to say thank you for sharing that I'm going through something similar I still haven't told my friends or I still haven't told my family or I don't know how to tell my kids or you know and even actually it transpired that I did know a few people who were getting divorced and I was like wow okay maybe not like core friends but like people that reached out to me on Instagram and said I've seen that you shared this like let's have a coffee and that was really special and made me realize actually social media can be a really great place if if you want to put it out there if you want to be honest most people are really lovely and receptive to it on Instagram not on other platforms (laughs) it's not for sharing everywhere but yeah (laughs) I wanted to ask you about breaking your divorce to people because obviously we're talking about sharing on social media and in some ways I think I found it easier like we said earlier telling a stranger or sharing on social media because I don't know I feel like maybe it was because I was more in control of that message I guess when you tell a friend they know you and you care what their reaction is and it's not that I don't care what a stranger's reaction is or an Instagram you know person's reaction is but there's that different level with a friend so how did you find kind of breaking it to the people around you it's hard isn't it when you tell people that know you and know your ex they have context so when you say I'm getting divorced they instantly think god what's happened you know other people kind of they put their own assumptions on it so when I said online I'm getting divorced lots of people thought it was a lot more amicable than actually it was because I didn't say it one way or the other why we were getting divorced whereas friends they know me they came to my wedding you know they they know that wasn't the aim just to be married for a few years and then go okay I'm out on to the next thing so it was hard actually it was that was not an enjoyable experience having to tell everybody you know that you feel like you failed at something I don't know it was really difficult but I think it would have been harder if I'd had to tell my parents But my parents aren't around, so I didn't have to do that. But I did have to talk to his family. And that was that was hard. You know, you mentioned your parents aren't around. Has that been difficult for you at a hard time? Because I know, so my dad died just before my wedding. And that was a really hard part of of my wedding. I cried when I put my wedding dress on because I was like, my dad's not here. On the morning of the wedding, which is not really how you want to start it. But when we broke up, my mum was like, like, thank God for my mum, basically, and my sister. And obviously, it sounds like you have a close group of friends, but how was it not having your parents there? Or or is it something that you're kind of used to? I think at the beginning, I, I it is something I'm used to. So I was brought up by my grandparents and my nan died um, eight years ago and nine years ago. And my granddad died three years after that so when we got married actually they weren't there for that and that was really difficult for me and I started my business and things and they weren't around so there have been lots of big milestones in my life that they sadly haven't been here for but at the beginning of knowing I was getting divorced 
it felt like just another thing that I was doing on my own. But it wasn't lost on me that my ex got to go back home and stay with his parents for however long for a month and have his laundry done and chat to his mum and have hugs. You know, I was in the flat on my own. Like, that was not lost on me. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I think since it has felt a lot more weighty. Now that I'm, um, I don't know. I have a really great therapist who I speak to, but definitely the, the divorce has brought up a lot of other emotions. Yeah, of course. Around my grief and around losing both parents. It's really, it's really hard. Obviously, there are days when all I want to do is go home and have a cup of tea with my nan. I can totally relate to that with my dad. I'm like, because... With me, like my mum is sort of quite straightforward and practical and my dad is like sort of more on a wavelength with me. So there are days when I'm like, oh, if I spoke to my dad about this, he'd just say like exactly the right thing or like make me laugh or and and yeah, you definitely, especially when you go through any hard time, you miss those people that have been there for you in the past. Totally. The people that were there before you know they knew before and they'll know you after I think as well for me it's like my ex was the last person that they met you know so it I loved the fact that we got married and I thought well they got to meet him so but I will never have that again now so anyone I get with in the future won't have met my parents and that's like a real sad thing I think because they'll have no context really you know (laughs) like I get to say what I think I was like as a kid and pictures or whatever but like there's a difference isn't there when you're talking to someone's family and they go oh she was like this and she used to love this and they tell funny little stories and you go and you see the family home and you think oh yeah I kind of get this person now everything makes sense but yeah I feel like I've I've lost that which is a bit of a shame but it is what it is I guess. I can totally relate to that I think I really struggled at the beginning of the divorce experience um because my dad had met my ex and it was like I'd got his approval so like my dad's stamp of approval um and then anyone I meet in the future isn't gonna get that and my dad was so important to me but interestingly now kind of a few years on I think my dad would have approved anyone I liked So, you know, like anyone who I think is right for me, if my dad was still here, he'd have gone, yeah, great. I'll give you my stamp of approval. (laughs) That kind of makes me happy now because I think he's still sort of going to approve whoever it is kind of through me. Totally. Totally. Yeah, I I agree. I think my grandparents were the same. Like, I never really brought a boyfriend home that they were like, no, you know, they were like, you're happy. (laughs) Yeah, happy. Um, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So yeah, but you know, it's just, I don't know. I think that has been the thing that I've had to wrestle with the most. And that's actually probably what I talk to my therapist about more than the divorce itself is, is the feelings of of loneliness around not having family there the next major life event to have happened to me would have brought all of this up it just happens that the next major event was also one in losing somebody else but yeah I think that has been for me the hardest thing and and that's what I spend more of my time thinking about and exploring than 
the hows or whys of the divorce itself because ultimately I've kind of accepted I could never have changed the outcome of my marriage you know he had to make different choices and that's not on me and I kind of knew that straight away as soon as I found out I felt like this narrative doesn't have me in it you know he spent so long after I found out about his choices talking about how he felt and what led him to do it and you know what's next for him and how sad he felt about it but like I wasn't really it didn't it seemed to include me you know it was like okay you've lived your life and you've made your choices they have a massive impact on me but I'm not hearing about any of that um so I kind of knew okay well I couldn't have changed that it was always going to be the way that it was but yeah now I'm what I'm left with is like the stuff that maybe I didn't deal with enough at the beginning of like you know, these feelings of of loneliness or uh, solitude, which I'm fine with a lot of the time, but sometimes I'm not. And that's what I need to get good at. Yeah, I think we can all relate to that. But now kind of looking forward from all of that, you know, you are doing, you know, obviously that's all still continuing, but you're doing, you know, more telly now, your career's kicking off, you're, you know, living on your own. Um is there a moment that's happened recently where you thought, I'm going to be okay, the future is bright? I think I'm lucky in that I genuinely think that most days, not all day long, but like at some point in the day, I will think overall this is better. You know, I get to be, I get to live in a world full of truth now, which I wasn't living before and I didn't, and that wasn't my choice. So I don't know. Now everything just feels more hopeful. On most fronts, everything else in my life is going really well. And I am dating and that has been really fun, actually. And I started dating, not quickly, but, you know, I've only been, uh, this has all happened kind of seven months ago, but I was quite fixed that I didn't want to leave it too long and start to like resent people I didn't want to harden and be like I hate everyone I just want to be on my own so I thought okay just get out there a little bit and actually the experiences that I had were really positive and I realized people are actually really nice and and it's nice to be wanted again and have people think you're hot and desirable and like interesting and I hadn't had that for so so long you know like as I said going filming the show most partners would be like oh my god this is amazing and he was just completely unfazed so now people are like oh I I watched you on that show and I'm like did you how embarrassing but they're like I thought you were great I'm like that is more than my ex would have said so no it's been really nice and really positive and I think yeah everything is hopeful now there's you know what I have lost is what I have lost but what I have gained is a wealth of opportunities and possibilities And it's been really fun and it's not at all what I thought this year was going to be, but there are so many positives and yeah, I'm really excited for what comes next. Really, really excited. Well, me too. We should go on a singles night out. 100%. Oh my God. What's your cocktail of choice? Well, I like, this isn't a cocktail, but I like Malibu. Which I know is oh. like the drink you drink when you try alcohol for the first time when you're like 16. But I just love it. And uh, if there's one thing that being open about my divorce has taught me is that I can love what I love. And I love Malibu. 
<laughs> my cocktail of choice is a Malibu and Coke, please. What's yours? Let's do it. Malibu and Coke night out. Count me in. Love it. I was going to say margaritas, but I actually think Malibu is like a lot more fun. It's just, it just tastes so like yummy. I'm like, it's not even... Being 16 again. Yeah, I do get flashbacks. <laughs> Uh, my dad actually used to buy me a bottle of Malibu like when I was going to parties love it thank you so much it's been amazing to chat oh it's been so fun thank you honestly it's so cathartic to say stuff out loud isn't it and to hear other people talking about similar kind of experiences I've loved listening to your podcast so it's a real honor to be here and chatting to you oh it's an honor to have you thank you so much Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Oh, hi. Thank you for listening to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines. Please leave us a review. Please, please. Um, it would be super nice. They're lovely to read. They keep me cheery and happy and keep me going. Uh, but also it affects our listing in the podcast charts, uh, which are very important because that's how more people find the podcast. And I'd love to help more people get through those really tough heartbreak and divorce times. And they're more likely to find us if we're higher up on the charts. So if you'd like to leave a review, I'd love you forever. You can leave them on iTunes is the big one or most podcast platforms do them as well. I'll take all the reviews you've got to give. You can also uh, get in contact on Twitter and Instagram at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. We have a website, thedivorcesocial.com and we have a Patreon account, which means that you can support the podcast for as little as £2 a month and it helps me with all the admin costs. It also means you have access to our 90s style divorce and heartbreak chat room and there's lots of exclusives on there, little bits of audio that you don't get in the main podcast and some giveaways as well. So I'd love to see you over on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Samantha Baines and please leave a review. Did I say that already? Please leave a review. Love you forever.